Hey, <laughs> good morning. Uh, wasn't that great? Fun to be a part of that. Um, I actually brought my kids, who we just did it again, uh, but this is from first grade. I brought one of, their, one of their Bibles that they got when we did it through first grade, and you can see the shape this thing's in, man. Uh, yeah, the cover fell off, but uh, they've, they've played with it, and they have uh, certainly used it. I hope they've read it. Uh, that I don't know, but their little sister did get a hold of it at one point, so it did lose a cover, but man, there's something powerful uh, about being able to give these Bibles. The note you can see is still in there, and this is something my kids still keep in their room uh, today. This is a very special thing. It's part of our Fight for Family initiative. For you families who are maybe newer to Edinburgh Church, this is something that you will go through, that your kids will go through. We call it a milestone, and uh, we believe it is that. It is a milestone in every child's life to have mom and dad be able to present the gift that is the Bible to, to them. So I'm so glad we're a fight for family church. Amen? Amen. So glad we can do that and invest in, uh, in our young ones. Well, hey, this morning we're kicking off a new series. It's called The Names uh, of God. And uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be studying these various names that the Bible gives to God. Now, most of these names, just to be clear, are what I would kind of describe more as like nicknames, okay? They're not names that God gives to himself. They're names that people give to God based on a circumstance, a situation, something that God does uh, that represents his character. And so you could kind of think of that as, as a nickname. That's generally what nicknames are, right? Like nicknames uh, are something that other people give to somebody else uh, based on usually something they do or something that characterizes their life. I remember the first time I went to Florida with my family, uh, I was there with my in-laws, and um, I had never really been to the beach like that before, and we were standing on the beach, and we were, we were at this pier, and I don't know how long this pier went out, maybe 100 yards or so, it was a pretty long uh, pier, but uh, something just came over me, because I saw these dolphins swimming at the end of this pier, and something just got into me. I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, I'm going to go swim with those dolphins, Okay, now nobody else was doing this, but I'm like, I just started going in the water, and I just kept going. I'm like, I'm going to get to those dolphins. I swam to the end of this pier, and sure enough, there's all these dolphins, and they're surrounding me. And uh, it, was, it was truly an incredible experience to actually have dolphins coming up to you, swimming by you. I could never touch one, but they would get really close. And then I swam back, and I was hoping... My family watching this whole thing, I was hoping that by the time I got back to the shore, I was going to adopt a new nickname. I was hoping they were going to start calling me Dolphin Rider, okay, or, or the one who swims with dolphins. I would have even settled for Dolphin Man, okay, um, but, but that didn't come about. I, I got back to the shore, and I adopted the nickname Really Dumb Dumb by my wife because her thing was, there's sharks out there. Why are you swimming out at the end of this pier, okay? So that nickname didn't stick, but we all understand that this, this is how nicknames kind of come about. It's usually something that characterizes you, something that you've done, and we're going to be studying over the next several weeks. We're going to see that God, his character, the things that he has done, there are names that are given to God in the Bible because of those things, and we're going to study that because really what we're studying is the character of God. A.W. Tozer said that the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. And he's right. That is the most important thing about you 
is what do you think when you think about God? Because how you think about God is going to affect the way you see the world. It's going to affect the way you see your purpose, your life, your identity. It's all rooted in what you think about when you think about God. So we'll be studying these names over the next several weeks. But this morning, we're actually not studying a nickname of God. We're actually studying the actual name of God, the name that not a person gives to God, a name that God gives himself, the name that God reveals to us. Now, why is a name important? Why is this important? Because some of us, maybe you're going to be newer to Christianity this morning, or maybe some of you aren't, and you might have never heard of this name that God reveals about himself. Unfortunately, our Bibles cover it up, and I will talk about that, why that is in, in a moment. But Names are important. We need to understand that there's power in a name. One of the reasons names are important is because names are how we identify someone. Names are how we know who we're talking to, who we're talking about, right? Names are how you know someone out of a crowd. Like, how do you know who you're talking about if there's other people, uh, for example, around? Well, you, you know based on a name. Uh, when Danielle and I were younger, we had a neighbor who, for some whatever reason, knew my name was Brent, but thought her name was Denise. And, and, and as it so happened, like the way it came about, like the first time she, she called Danielle Denise, it was kind of in an awkward situation where we couldn't really correct her. So I think what it was happening, she was talking to us, and then she turned around, and as she was leaving, she said, bye, Brent, bye, Denise. And uh, we were both just kind of taken back, and, 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 and we processed that, and we're like, okay. But if she was already so far away, it wasn't really appropriate to correct. So she thought Daniel's name was Denise, right? So, well, she's got a daycare, and that she ran out of her home. She's got all these kids. This is like a few weeks later. She's walking by. We're at the park, and she shouts across the park, hi, Brent, hi, Denise. And it wasn't really appropriate to yell back, her name's not Denise, it's Danielle. So we were just like, we kind of went with it. And friends, this went on for months. <laughs> so now we didn't feel right about correcting her. We didn't feel right about letting her know her name's not Denise, it's Danielle. We felt terrible. But every time we'd see her and it got really bad the day I went over, this is like months later, I'm standing in her yard. She's like, hey, you should and Denise should come over this weekend for a fire and hang out. And uh, at this point, I just went with it. I was like, well, let me go talk to Denise, and I, will get, <laughs> and, and I will get back to you. Now we're just rolling with it, right? And it took months before we had the courage to tell her her name's Danielle. Okay, but then in the meantime, we're wondering, how did the neighbors perceive this? As this neighbor's going around talking about Brent doing all these things with Denise, because they all knew her name was Danielle, Right? You can see why names are important. It helps us to know who are we talking to, who are we talking about. It's important, friends, that we know the name of God. It is important that we know who we are talking to and who we are talking about. And this is going to blow some of your minds because some of you, uh, if, if you've grown up in, in, in church, you've kind of always heard this. Okay, Now, just let's, let's just have open minds Okay, what I'm about to teach you, and I'm going to show you this comes from the scriptures, okay? But you've always heard that there is one God. That's what you always heard. There is one God. Now, please do not hear me incorrectly here. There is only one creator God. There is only one most high God. That is absolutely true. But the Bible itself says there are other 
gods. Lowercase g, gods. Spiritual beings that set themselves up as gods over nations, over groups of people, maybe even over families. Okay, let me show you some scriptures that explicitly say this. Psalm 86, 8 says, among the, what does that say? Gods. There is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare it with yours. By the way, in the English, we're able to put that in a lower capitalization, like the, uh, uh, you know, the G there. But, you know, in the Hebrew, they, they didn't have that. I mean, they're just reading this. They didn't have uh, capitalization like that. It was just among the gods. There is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. So he's, he's talking to God, our God, the God of the Bible, amongst the other so-called gods. Psalm 96.4 says, For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all. Gods. There you go again. God himself is going to say this to the people of Israel. He says, Be careful to do everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. See, in the ancient world, they understood there were other gods, powerful beings that had, were rebelling from the one true God and had set themselves up as spiritual beings that these nations were worshiping. Do you see why it's so important that we know the name of God? Do we know who we are talking to? Do we know who we are praying to? Do we actually know who we are worshiping? Is it the God of the Bible? Or is it another God? Friends, this is why it's so important that we know the name of our God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Surely part of seeking God with all of our heart is knowing his name and calling out to his name amongst the other gods. By the way, you see what Paul means. We just did a spiritual warfare series where he talks about the other powers and rulers and authorities that exist in the heavenly realm. He's talking about these spiritual beings that have rebelled against the most high God and have set themselves up as false gods. Okay? So this raises the question, what, what, what is God's name? Because like I said, some of you, you, you maybe have never heard this because unfortunately the Bible covers it up. And so I want to show you what the Bible actually teaches God's name is, what God says his actual personal name is. And the first time it's recorded for us, we have to go back to Exodus 3. So this is the first time God reveals his name in the Bible. It's generally believed that he had already revealed his name before that to others, but this is the first time it's recorded in the Scriptures. And this is the first time he's going to reveal it to the man Moses. Okay? So we read this in Exodus 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. If you saw a bush on fire but it wasn't burning up, you'd probably be curious as well to want to go see why that is. 
When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God, this most holy God. And so this is the context where God is going to then tell Moses, hey, I am sending you forth to go save my people from Pharaoh, to save my people from Egypt. They are slaves in Egypt, and Moses, I am sending you to draw them out. Okay, and this is going to raise a lot of questions for, for Moses. So fast forwarding to verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? It's a great question. Moses wants to know, what am I going to tell them? Because there are other gods. They're going to want to know, which God are you referring to? What do I tell them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, and I'm translating this for you now as the Hebrew actually says it. Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. It's interesting that it says we're supposed to call God Yahweh from generation to generation. And some of us, we've never even heard this. We ever, never even knew that this is actually what God says about his name. And that has to do with our English translation and the Bibles we're reading. But the name God actually gives himself and reveals is Yahweh. And I put this in your handout if you're taking notes. God's name is Yahweh. Okay, and uh, I did some study on this word. It's generally believed, okay, that Yahweh comes from this word meaning I am. So there's a close relationship. What God said previous, I am, when he says Yahweh, Yahweh is built on this word, I am. You know how names have meanings, right? In America, we don't treat meanings of names all that serious, but in the ancient world, they certainly did. I actually really didn't know what my name meant. And I was studying this way. I was like, I better go look. See, what does Brent actually mean? I never really looked up what my name is. So I went up. I was, it was kind of cool. I saw one, one version said, my name means holy one. I like that. <laughs> holy one. That sounds good. The, the other version says, my name means down from a steep hill. <laughs> I'm going to go with holy one, all right? That's what I'm going to... I'm going to bank on that, that that's what my name means. But we don't really treat that all that serious as Americans, that our names, like what's behind our name and the meaning. But in the ancient world, names they, they had meanings. And they oftentimes you, were, you weren't given a name because it sounded nice. You were given a name because of an event or something that seemed to characterize your life. And so the meaning of Yahweh seems to be this idea of I am. Now, I am is, is the first person, right? I am. Uh, many believe that Yahweh is actually in the third person. 
in the Hebrew. So God says, I am, and when we call him out by name, we say Yahweh, the third person is he is. That's actually what we're saying. God says, I am, and when we talk back to God, we're saying he is. I, I read somebody online who said uh, that, uh, that Yahweh seems to be the third person, the, uh, a combination of the past, present, and future tense of this verb to be. So I, that, this idea of I am, okay? So, so Yahweh's name is, is, is closely associated with, with I am. Now, maybe some of you are out there wondering, like, why don't I see that in my Bible? Because virtually every English translation doesn't say Yahweh. What, what, do, what do your translations say? Your translation is going to say, Lord, okay? So here's something maybe some of you have never heard before and didn't know about your Bibles. Whenever you read the Bible and you see the word Lord in all capitalization, so L-O-R-D is capitalized. Sometimes you'll see Lord and it's just the L. But whenever you see Lord in the Old Testament and every letter is capitalized, what you need to know is that actually in the Hebrew, it doesn't say Lord, it says Yahweh, okay? And by the way, God and the word Lord, those are titles. Those aren't names. If you study ancient literature, the word God, Elohim in the Hebrew, or El, that's used of all different nations and countries are using that word to refer to some higher being. The word Lord is even used of earthly kings. It's used of people. Friends, God and Lord are titles. They're not names, okay? The name behind the word Lord is actually Yahweh. So why do our English translations say Lord and just not tell us the name of God? Well, this goes back to the medieval period when you had a group of people called the Masoretes, Jewish people who were translating the manuscripts in Hebrew. Okay, they're, they're, they're Jewish people, and they're, they're trying to make copies of the Old Testament. They believed that the name Yahweh was too holy to speak. It was such a holy name, you couldn't say it out loud. So what they did when they were translating their copies is they would use the consonants of Yahweh. And then they took the vowels of another word, the word Adonai. They took the vowels out of Adonai, and they created this hybrid word. So that when a reader was reading in front of a group of people, one of these manuscripts that they had copied, and they came across the consonants of Yahweh but saw the vowels of Adonai in there, it was supposed to tell them, do not say Yahweh. You were supposed to say, Lord, or my Lord. Or mighty Lord. It was a way to trigger the reader to know not to say the name Yahweh because it was believed it was too holy to speak. Eventually, those translations with the consonants of Yahweh and the vowels of Adonai put in there to create this hybrid word is going to get translated into Latin. Latin doesn't really have a letter for our letter Y. And so... The first letter is going to take on a J sound, J, and when you put it through the Latin, this is where you get the name Jehovah, 
Jehovah comes from a Latin transliteration of this hybrid word of the consonants Yahweh and the vowels Adonai put in there. Okay? So did we just, like, learn a little something? I mean, a little, little study time together? I find this interesting. Okay, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know. Here's the main thing you need to know. The main thing you need to know is that every time you read your Old Testament and you see that word Lord and every letter is capitalized, then there's actually a personal name behind it. And that personal name is Yahweh. Okay? And the name Yahweh means I am. Okay? And so with the rest of our time, here's, here's what I want to talk about. What does that imply? Wants to think about that name for a minute, because that name is packed with meaning. And so this won't be exhaustive, but just three observations as I was thinking this week. What does that name, Yahweh, that, that concept of I am, what does that imply for you and me? Well, first, okay, God's name implies that he's eternal. Right? To say I am, it's a way of saying I have no beginning. I just exist. Isn't that the question all of us <laughs> at one time asked? Like, where, where did God come from? But we only ask that because we're created beings. We're creatures that exist within creation. The reality is, friends, is God has no beginning. In fact, there has to be something that has no beginning. Or how does creation get here? Right? Because otherwise there would have to be something that created it. And then you'd have to go back and there'd have to be something that created it. And they'd have to go back. There had to be something that came first that had, was not created. That's why God says, I can't even explain this to you. I just have to tell you, I am. But the good news for us is that it also means God has no end. God has no end. And why that's good news for you is because he gives us a promise that if we put our faith in Jesus... We will get to live with I am for eternity ourselves. So you have a beginning, but you will have no end. If you put your faith in Jesus, you will exist forever with him, with, with Yahweh, with I am. In fact, we're going to look at Psalm 23 for a second here. Some of you have memorized Psalm 23. You know this, but I'm about to rock the way you've memorized it because I'm going to look at the actual Hebrew. Psalm 23, 6 says this, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. That's what the Bible says. David is quoting the name of God. I will live with this, this God that I know, Yahweh, forever. Friends, I mean, we're going to be in heaven for 10,000 years only to know we're going to get to live there another 10,000 years. I don't know what circumstance, situation, struggle you're dealing with the, today, but here's the good news. You can know this. The best is still yet to come for your life because we will spend eternity with Yahweh in his house. We all have that day to look forward to. Second reason or second implication of God's name uh, is that God's name implies he is mysterious. Isn't there mystery in that? That name, I am, just a little mystery. It's almost like God saying, I can't tell, I can't sum up for you in one name who I am. I am so beyond your comprehension. I am so beyond what you can understand. I will just tell you I exist. There's mystery 
in God's name. He wants us to know he is a mysterious being. He is mysterious. And isn't it true, those of us who have walked with Jesus for a while, those of us who have walked with this God, who have walked with that, have we not learned that Yahweh works in mysterious ways? He works in mysterious ways, friends. We see that even with Moses when he calls the people out of Egypt. You think that God would take the people out the quickest route and get them out of there, but God doesn't do that. God actually takes Israel the long way, which I'm sure made no sense to the Israelites. We read this in Exodus 13, when Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Now, I'm not sure who God's talking to here. Is he talking to himself, other angelic beings, or is he talking to Moses? But clearly the Israelites did not know that because they are going to be upset. <laughs> it says, so God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. So not only does he lead them the long way around, where does he lead them? He leads them to the Red Sea where they're stuck. And the Israelites are saying, Moses, did you bring us out here to die? Isn't that what we do when life doesn't make sense? Isn't that what we do when Yahweh doesn't make sense? We grumble, we complain, we get upset. But they didn't know. Yahweh works in mysterious ways. And he was going to part that Red Sea. And when their enemy came through, he was going to bring the waters back on them and crush their enemy so that they could make a clean escape. Friends, in the mystery of life, we've got to learn to trust this Yahweh, even when life doesn't make sense. I bet some of you are in a situation right now, a circumstance right now. You're like, why? <laughs> why would Yahweh allow this? But, but, the, but the question isn't why. The question is who? <laughs> who is with me? Who have I put my trust in? Who can I trust in this mystery? I can trust in Yahweh. Friends, the promise that we have in the Bible is this, Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, not some things, we know in all things, God works for the what? The good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In the mystery of life, we can trust. I don't understand what I'm going through right now. I don't understand the situation, but here's what I do know. I have a promise that God is going to work it out for good in my life in some way. And I might not be able to see how that's possible, but one day I will. It might not be till eternity when I'm in his house, but I will see how God used that in my life for good. I've struggled with anxiety. Uh, ironically, since I became a Christian, that's the irony. I didn't really struggle with anxiety that much until I became a believer. And then once I became a believer, I, I just started struggling with anxiety. And you would wonder, God, here I am following you. Why am I struggling with anxiety? It's something that does run in my family. I've wondered for years, like, why do I sin? I've asked, prayed, done so many things. Now, don't get me wrong. It's gotten better. I've learned how to manage it better. But it's still something I struggle with. And I've often asked the question, why? Because those of you who know what it's like to have anxiety and to have anxiety attacks, you know it's not fun. But here's what I've learned and here's what God's taught me over the years. That anxiety in my life, you know what it's done? It's brought me closer to Yahweh. It's caused me to put my trust in Yahweh. It's actually strengthened my faith in Yahweh and kept me closer to Yahweh. And any time I thought about walking away from Yahweh, the anxiety attack would come and I'd go running back to Yahweh. 
Friends, that's how God has used anxiety in my life. I would choose not to have it, but now I realize he's used that in my life for good because it has kept me close as I can possibly be to Yahweh. He works in mysterious ways at times. But we have to trust him in the mystery because we're not always going to have the answers. Some of us, we want God to always give us the plan. If God gave you the plan, some of you would run away. Sometimes he reveals it to us as we go, which is why I'm in this role today. <laughs> it's a good thing God didn't show me this 10 years ago. Here's what you got to look forward to, to man. I love this role, but it took some re- revelation along the way <laughs> or I would have been overwhelmed, friends. Third and last thing we learn from God's name, it implies that he's relational. Did you guys catch that? God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is a God who exists in relationship. He loves relationship. And, and listen, this does not say I am the God. I am the God of the world here. Now, now, don't get me wrong. John 3, for God so loved the world. He desires a relationship with every person. But who is he the actual God of? Those who have called on his name and put their faith in him. And friends, what a privilege it is for God to say, I am the God of. Whoa. Yahweh is my God, and I exist in a relationship with God. Friends, this is what God desires. He desires a relationship with all of us. That's why Yahweh was willing to leave heaven and come to earth and die on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And so he could purchase for us a righteous standing that is not our own. You know, Jesus was being confronted uh, by the Pharisees. And, And what does Jesus say? Because they're wondering, who gave you this authority and where do you come from? And look at what Jesus says in John 8. He says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, what? I am. Whoa. He didn't even say Yahweh there. Because Yahweh is he is. No, I am. (laughs) Jesus just said, I am Yahweh. Which is why they're going to want to kill him. This is the highest blasphemy. Jesus is now saying, I am God. You fast forward to verse 18. I had to show you guys this passage. Maybe you've wondered and there's been some confusion with this passage, but John 18, Jesus Knowing that all that was coming upon him, he stepped forward and he asked them. So this is, this is at his betrayal. This is when the soldiers are coming to arrest him. He asks the soldiers, whom are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. Jesus said, I am he. In the Greek, there's no he. That's, in, that, that's given for context here. But Jesus doesn't say he. Jesus says, ego a me, okay? Ego a me. It's actually literally I, I am. Woo! 
And Judas, his betrayer, was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am, they drew back. And what? They fell to the ground because Yahweh was in their midst. There is power in the name of Yahweh. There is power in the name of Jesus. And this is what we got to get, church. And this is what I've been trying to preach and try to get us to understand. You see, some people, they worship a God where, 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 where God is, 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 doesn't desire that relationship. God isn't a father, and he's always pushing people away. And we read about his holiness in the Bible, and we think what that means is I can't come to him. He's too holy. I'm a sinner. I can't have this personal relationship with him. But there's other people who are over here, and here's what they say. Oh, God doesn't care about sin. God doesn't care about holiness. God's just become common like everyone else and like the world. And friends, both of those are false, and there's a false God behind both of those ideas. Here is the reality. Jesus came, purchased a righteousness for you and me. He gives us a righteous standing that's not your own. It's not based on anything good you've done. It's based on the good that Jesus did, and it's given to you. Why? So that you can come into the presence of a holy God. And that God is for you and not against you. And he will say, I am the God of, put your name in there. And this is your God. You worship a strong, mighty, eternal, mysterious God. You do not worship a wimpy, common God. You worship a holy God. And you are seated in the third heavens at his side. And he calls you son. He calls you daughter. This is the gospel. Righteousness. That is not our own. So on my worst day, when I see my sin and I know my faults and I feel like a failure, I get to come into the throne room of my heavenly father and he calls me righteous. He calls me son. Not because of me or anything good that I've done, but because Yahweh came to earth and earned that for me. That's how much he loves you, church. Do you revel in his love? Now you know the name of your God. What name are you calling upon? Let's be a church that calls upon Yahweh. Who are we praying to? Let's be a church that prays to Yahweh. Who are we worshiping when we worship? Let's be a church that worships Yahweh. I'm going to end with this. this is Psalm 18. Listen to David, and I'm going to put it in the original Hebrew for us. This is after David was saved from his enemies, primarily Saul, who was trying to kill him. And God rescued him. And David sat down and he, he wrote these words, I love you, Yahweh. My strength, Yahweh is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I called to who? Yahweh, not any God. Not some God who's distant, not some God who's wimpy. I called to Yahweh who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. 
Church, let's call out <laughs> to Yahweh because there is power in that name. So I'm going to pray. We're going to get an opportunity to worship. Let's do that right now. Let me pray for us. Yahweh, we come before you today. I want to just take a moment just to say that name, Yahweh. That God is who you are. That is who you revealed yourself to be. You are Yahweh. That is your name. And my hope for us as a church is that we're going to draw just a little bit closer to you. That we're going to feel a little bit more welcome to come into your presence and to know you in a more intimate way. Because now we know your name. Your name is Yahweh. And you want us to know your name. We're supposed to be calling you that name from generation to generation. And Yahweh, I know there are many needs in this room. I pray we would call out to your name today, this week. We would pray to you, Yahweh, and we would see what happens when we call out to your name. And now we're going to get an opportunity to worship. Yahweh, I pray that you would be here in our midst, that we would experience you maybe in a deeper, more profound way as we give you glory the God who has made a way through Jesus Christ to bring us into your holy, mighty, strong presence. Thank you that you are our Father and we get to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. We love you, Yahweh, and we pray this in your name and all God's people said, amen.